When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Joe Garcia. We just watched. Uh, we were do. We we had to hold off to the show because it was crazy what was going on. Argentina versus Colombia went to penalties. JP, how you doing? I see you rocking uh, your, your your Argentina jersey. How you feeling? I'm feeling very relieved. Uh, I took a very, big deep breath after after that penalty shootout. I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit happy. <laughs> Man, that, that, I mean that game was crazy. The, the the game was crazy. Andy Diosa should be joining us. He is a Colombia fan. Uh, and as I speak, oh there he is. There is the there is Andy. Andy, we're talking. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> He's rocking. He's rocking Columbia and Austin. Unfortunately, we were just wa- we 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 held the show because uh, I wanted to watch the PKs, and I know JP wanted to watch the PKs, and I know Andy. Andy, give us your thoughts. What did you think of the game? Uh, it was a good game. I mean, it's never easy to play Argentina. It's a tough team, always a lot of talent. Um, it's it's one of those games that you have to you know try to try to capitalize on the chances. Colombia didn't have too many. Like Argentina didn't have too many either, but when you get to penalties, it's, it's a crapshoot. And uh, we just did that a few days ago against Uruguay, so I wasn't too confident uh, with the penalties. But you know, overall, good game, man. Colombia, obviously, Mr. Hamas misses some big players, so you can't you can't be too mad about it. I mean, they, they came down to the wire to penalties, so right? it could have been anybody's game. Uh, I know JP was like yelling his 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 uh his stream was a lot faster than mine. I was like, dude, I'm going to just mute you. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't, I don't like that. You're ahead of me. You know, I don't like that. You're right. ahead of me. So I, I was watching, but the thing was, uh, JP, um, you said something, right? As soon as Messi made, made his goal, made his PK, you, you felt a lot more comfortable. Yeah. The way he shot it with conviction, you know, um, and, and then when Messi, when Messi is confident, the rest of the team is confident because this is his team and this is a team that plays for him before they play for Argentina. And the rest of the players have stated it, and I think that's what makes them stronger. Um, when you play for the best player in the world, um, anything can happen, and, and we'll see on Saturday what happens. Yeah, I mean, it was a great day of sports today. I mean, there was those like Euros today as well. You had Spain versus Italy. That was, that was a very exciting game. Uh, what what do you guys think about that game? I mean, it went all, all it went all the way to the final end, and then you know, obviously, Italy went 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 moving forward. This is, I think, the first time that Spain had ever, has ever lost in the in the in the semifinals. Correct? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. What were your thoughts on yeah, was, uh, on that game? It was a dope game too, man. The thing the thing about that is like Italy's been playing so well, and it's like it was like two different types of like football. It was like. Italy's pace and speed is like they were trying to challenge in Spain, which they did. They were just trying to dominate and control the game. And I think that eventually it kind of just caught up to them because that goal that Italy scored, it was just like quick, 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 we're going to get to it. And then, like I said, once you get to penalties, it, it is what it is. But uh, Italy was was not was not ready to go home today. So it was, it was good. Yeah, the penalties were 4-2. I, I remember watching that, that game this morning. I was like, wow, like – 
Spain controlled most of the game, but then that, that counterattack of Italy on, on that on their only goal that they had they had was was very impressive on the on the play. Just how how efficient they were, and and I, I mean they look they've looked to be the best team in the tournament so far. They proved it again today. Obviously, they're going to go to the final. We'll find out. We'll find out next. Obviously, you know against England or Denmark. Um, but yeah, they they they're showing that they're they're if not the strongest team in Europe. If they get, if they win this final. Uh, JP, what what are your thoughts on potentially them facing England or Denmark? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think this was Italy's best game. They didn't look as as strong as they did against Belgium. Um, I mean, they did lose um, the player, what's his name, um, Spinazzola, right? That to the injury, so obviously that's a big, big loss. But you know, they're they're just a wall. Bonucci and um, and Chiellini are just solid in the back, and and you know they gave Spain the ball, but Spain just doesn't have a killer. And Morata had has one, had his one goal, but you know he he choked in the penalty. Um, I don't think it's coming home. I ultimately think England get to the final, but Italy win. Um, yeah, I just think Italy's just the strongest team. And then being at home either helps England or it, it gets to them and they crumble. Yeah. Let me know if I'm lagging. I, I just moved. Am I good, guys? I know, I know I've know, i been lagging the last couple of shows. No, you're still good. Not good to me. Good. I want to get to some of the comments here. Um Francisco Felix on YouTube, he says, the only reason I want Argentina to win is for Messi. He needs a cup. Um, I don't know if Andy agrees. Messi is going to get another opportunity, another chance to silence the detractors. Um, I mean, he has. I mean, the the thing about this is going to be him versus uh, Neymar, obviously, former teammates. You got the Brazil versus Argentina. They've never liked each other. There's always that rivalry there, right? Who has the better players, you know, the, the better South American country. Right. Um, so, yeah. So this is Katie says, what's up, homie? Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be exciting. And uh, when, when does it when does the final take place? In, in Saturday. 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 And then Euros is on Sunday. Perfect. Perfect. So yeah. back back to back days. Um, Andy, what 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 would it meant to, if, if you guys were able to, to, to have gone to the final? Would have been huge, man, because like like I said, they're they're without obviously their best player through, you know, nonsense that's been going on behind the scenes. But. I mean, it would have been good, but I mean, if you know, we peel the layers back and be honest, like they weren't, they didn't play that well this tournament. There was a lot, you know, that that they had to kind of try to get through. Um, just just little things here and there, but I keep bringing it back to this is a new coach. He's only been with the team for a few games. He played the two uh, World Cup qualifiers, or he was coaching the two World Cup qualifiers prior to the tournament. So um, I'm just more happy to see him be able to kind of move pieces around and try to see what he has because. Sure, Copa America is always a big deal, and it feels like we always flame out either in the quarterfinals or the semifinals. But you know, ultimately the goal is to, to climb back up that table and, and get you know to the World Cup. So um, it would have been huge. It would have been huge. But you know, against Brazil, against Argentina, it's never going to be easy. We just played Brazil not too long ago. We just played Argentina not too long ago too. So um, it's kind of like repetition at this point. But I mean, Colombia has shown that they could beat both of those teams just when they're playing playing their best uh, soccer. Because if you're not at a hundred against these guys, then it's it's definitely not going to do you any favors. So, I mean, I was always excited, but, you know, noble, noble effort. We'll try to go for that third place spot and then uh, keep moving, man. Yeah, the thing about Colombia, too, it's kind of changed the perspective of uh, who Colombia really is because in those World Cup qualifiers, I know that I think they might they got smacked around in one of those games, and it wasn't looking bright, right? Now they're a game away from being in the final. So I think 
now the perspective, at least for me, has changed for Colombia and what they're what they can do on these World Cup qualifiers. Obviously, uh, does Hamas come back? I, I don't know. You probably know more 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 on that, uh, Andy, than I do. But I think you know. You said they're missing Hamas Rodriguez for whatever the reason is, right? There's a lot of stuff going on there, um, and they're still able to make it to a semifinal. So right there, they're, they're, you, these players are getting the games in as well, and. You know, when you whenever you go to that penalties, it's it's a pretty pretty much even team. It's it's pretty much even, so anybody can win it. It's it's unfortunate. I know JP, we're talking about that. All the PKs went to the right, you know, and the, the keeper only had to go to his left. And you know, I know JP, you noticed that, and I was like, oh, then you that that was a good that was a good thing to notice because he really didn't have to move too much mm-hmm. to his right side, and it was just right there. I think when that happens, you know, and I and I think he was like yelling, saying some things. I think it's just South American soccer, right? You just you just yell and do all the all those different things, but man, it's been a special day for sports as well. I mean, the NBA finals are going on. Uh, Jose, Jose Lopez says, uh, "Great game by Colombia." I'm a Luis Diaz fanatic. Um, yeah, hell of a game, yeah, hell of a game yeah. today. He also says, "Would you bring Hamas and Falcao back, Andy?" Uh, yes, the Hamas Falcao, I would bring him if we need uh, for a qualifier. Maybe not so much for a World Cup, sure, but then we're talking in the distance. It's just because. Colombia right now, if there's a, a position that they have, which is not what they showed in the um, tournament, is they have a lot of forwards, man. And I think there's years you, today you don't see a player like Luis Muriel um, get on the field, and he he crushed it in Atalanta this year. He was one of the best players in Serie A. So it's like we have an abundance of, of forwards, and I think Falcao unfortunately won't get you know his chance to to kind of get back in the fold. This time maybe has passed, but you know if you need a veteran presence, we always talk about teams bringing in veteran presence for you know big tournaments. Like that's 100 percent a player you bring in, but. Yeah, forwards, we have enough of those, man. We just got to we gotta start scoring more. That's all it is. Yeah. Boy, hey, look, man, you're a brave man. You can join us right after a, a tough loss. You know, because I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that the Copa America, I haven't been watching as much as you guys, but I didn't realize that it was going to go straight to PKs because JP asked me, he's like, hey, what if it goes to PKs? And I was like, man, that's like another like 20, 30 minutes down the road. But I, I didn't I didn't realize it was going straight to PKs. And I was like, oh, let, let, we'll, we'll hold off on the show. I, I want to watch these PKs then. But yeah, I mean, it's been it's been entertaining. You can't say that. So we see who wins. I know, obviously, JP, you got the Argentina jersey, so I know who you're going for. Uh, if you're if you're neutral, Andy, who who would you like to win between Brazil and Argentina? Well, I'm not neutral. Not playing. Um, if I'm neutral, I probably would say Argentina just for the sake of Messi getting that cup. Um, Brazil, you know, it's Brazil. They they've won tournaments. They will continue to win tournaments, and obviously, they're at home, so it's it's a you know. I guess things will be in their in their favor, but um, it will be interesting to see how the refs call this game because there's two teams in South America that have a lot of leeway with the refs as those two. So it's going to be, you know, it, it's not going to be able to be the same nonsense that they get away with playing other teams. So that that part will be interesting. I probably won't be watching it anyway, so I don't care who wins. How about that? <laughs> He's like, I'm done. <laughs> I watched it. I'm good. I, I would be the same way. I, I like my team's not in it. I, I'm not gonna watch it. You know, it's too too much too much for me. But hey, look, we we got a, we got an amazing finals. Um, um, we'll see what happens. We'll see if if, if you know if Messi will be able to uh, to raise a cup with the, you know, with the national team for his first time. All right, so let's let's talk about LAFC. We're here to talk LAFC. Um, you know, they they got a big road win, um, this past weekend. They went down to RSL. Um, I want to get to, I want to get with the lineup. I'll start off with the lineup first. You had uh, Tomas Romero uh, at, at at goalkeeper. Michael Fafan, Eddie Segura, uh, Jesus Murillo, Kim Mouma on the back line. So Bob Bailey went back with the 4-3-3. He had Blessing, Atuesta, K, uh, Rossi, Barrett, and Vela. 
I think the only the only uh, question mark you had there is uh, K starting uh, again. Um, JP, what were your thoughts on this lineup? Um, yeah, I mean, he's Bob Bradley's always gonna go back to his four three three if if he if he if he wants to, and if he doesn't if he doesn't want to, then he's still gonna go to it. Um, I guess the name that stuck out was K starting again, but I mean, it was his last game before going to Canada, so it's understandable. Um, I didn't expect him to go the full ninety. Um, the Romero is always um, catches my eye, but uh, we'll get to that one later, I'm sure. Um, and then you know Vela, Vela being back um, in the starting lineup again, and yeah, this is just a, a regular lineup. Andy, what were, what were your thoughts on, on the lineup? Yeah, I mean it's interesting. Bob uh, actually just recently said that he he believes the four three three is their best lineup, which is not a surprise to anybody. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing that and like JP mentioned, we'll talk about it is, is this whole goalkeeper situation. But I'm not shocked that um, any of the decisions Bob made there. I think that's granted their strongest lineup at the given moment. Um, if you factor in the Tristan Blackman red card, um, and you know the K thing is a revolving door always. Uh, Sifu does clearly give you a little bit more in attack, as he's shown, but that's just going to be a, a discussion that I think is going to go on all season regardless. So, yeah, no surprises there really for the lineup at all. Yeah, I think I think uh, with with K that that thing that that's always going to be there in place, right? Whether whether he 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 starts or he's able to be effective, but yeah, K will not be with the team for for the next couple of games. Obviously, he's Gold Cup duties, so it's obviously for Jose Sinfuentes. Um, JP, what were your thoughts on the first half? I, I know Carlos Vela had a, had a he he almost could have scored off a free kick, hit the hit the post. But what were your thoughts on that first half? Um, yeah, like you said, outside the free kick, there wasn't really many dangerous opportunities where you were like, oh, well, if he's going to score here. Um, RSL had more control, um, but uh, they didn't have any dangerous chances where I was like, oh, you know, Romero saves came in the second half. Um, so the first half was a regular. It was like hard fought. It was gritty. Um, RSL is not, a, not an easy team, even though, you know, they're, they're eighth or ninth now. But, you know, they're not an easy team. They were at home, full pack stadium, you know, in the altitude. So... LAFC did good. Andy, what were your thoughts on the first half? Yeah, same thing. I mean, I think I've mentioned it the times I've been on the show, but LAFC kind of keeps getting off to these these starts that they're like, okay, they're showing what they you know what they typically want to do and control games and stuff like that, but they're getting out of these forty five minutes with nothing to show, and essentially that's kind of what's creating that pressure over and over for them. It's like they're missing that early goal, that opening goal, and kind of like to go along with whatever dominance they you know perceive a possession or whatever the case may be. The only time I've seen it recently is in that Colorado game where they, you know, they they scored twice early and it's like, okay, now we could. And even then, they probably still should have scored more in that game. But, um, yeah, the first half was kind of standard from what they've, I guess, made fans accustomed to seeing this year where they're not getting off to those quick starts. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's the thing about uh, LAFC. I think it's, it's so hard to replicate what they've been able to do because I think, you know, when you when you like the 2019 season, I mean, when you're starting off so hot like that, and you're scoring goals left and right, I think it's hard to con- continue to do that over a long period of time. And I think that that's just any team. I don't think that's just an LAFC. I think any team would struggle to to continue to do that. But uh, I mean, they 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 won the first road game, which is which is very good, and that's what you wanted to see. But another thing that that stood out to me was um, you know, Carlos Vela. I'm not sure if he had his best game, but you know he was there. He was, you know, he played, he played the game, and 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 then he was able to be effective at times. Uh, JP, what, what were your thoughts on Carlos Vela's performance? 
Um, yeah, it was his first 90 minutes of the season. Um, so that's always good. I think he's still, I think this is barely like his first games really getting into it. You know, he got injured week one. Um, and he wasn't even ready, fully ready week one. Those like the first five weeks would have been the five weeks he got, he would have like, um, gotten started. So now he's barely getting into it. Um, he's barely getting confidence, getting his confidence up. Um, he wasn't, you know, like a, a huge factor in this game. Um, other than the goal, you know, he was always going to pull defenders. He opened up space for Segura um, when you did the back heel. So he's always going to pull defenders and, and open space for everybody else. But this isn't the Carlos Vela that, the, of the MVP season. And, you know, he's getting closer to it. But, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't his best game. Andy, what are your what are your thoughts on Carlos Vela? Obviously, we we know he's still you know uh, nursing some of that injury. Uh, him playing his first ninety minutes. What were your thoughts on his performance? Yeah, the ninety the ninety is promising. Um, just from the the fact that you know we've seen him play games and he's kind of picking chosen his battles and and kind of where to really have an impact in the game. And I feel like this one he was a little more eased the whole time. He was a little more relaxed the whole time. Um, but yeah, it's. It's a way to go, man. I think that the most important thing is to remember that it's going to be a process and they're not going to rush him any which way. Um, I don't think that LAFC should force him to play 90, you know, if just for the sake of having him. But once again, that goes back to the problem. It's like if they're scoring, then Carlos will have to go these 90 minutes and it maybe ease up a little bit of the workload. So, um, yeah, he's getting there. He's getting there little by little. But the pressure is just going to continue uh, to build. And, and unfortunately, if, if they're not getting the ball in the back of the net, then he's going to have to go these 90 minutes. And, and that might be a little uh, troublesome when he gets down the road um, if he doesn't give it enough time to properly heal. So it's an interesting case, man. It's still going to be game by game, honestly, the way that it's going. Francisco says, a quick comment. He says, Vela isn't the same. He either gets into one versus three situations or he gives the ball away. I don't necessarily think he gets into one, three versus situations. I team thinks, I think teams put two men, two, two men on him, sometimes three. I think that's just the, the Carlos Vela respect, you know, just that you put two men on him. And I think sometimes that, that, that's what makes it difficult for him sometimes. And I think, you know, I think uh, majority of the teams that I'm seeing how how they play LFC, majority of the teams that tend to be LFC, they tend to be a lot, a lot of they tend to be very physical. And Carlos Vela tend to be very physical on LFC, and that and that's the way to to beat LFC, right? But I, I think to to your point, Francisco, on that end, it is just they're they're just they're, they know who's the best player. Obviously, is Carlos Vela, and when you put two men on him, obviously it makes it a little bit more difficult on on the opportunities on what he can do. Um, Another player, man, that that I felt like was having had a great performance was uh was uh Tomas Romero. Uh, JP, give me give me your thoughts on, on Tomas Romero. Um, I mean, my 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 thoughts is that he's uh, taking advantage of the opportunity he's been given. Um, I just don't like um I don't agree with Bob's decision to pull Cisniega out of the starting lineup for no reason. I just and like uh, the group I talked to, shout out LFC Hawaii. Everyone is just confused as to like what Bob did. Or why Bob did that? You know, you had Vermeer and Cisniega, and you you obviously tell Vermeer Cisniega is going to get the start, so you build up Cisniega's confidence, and then what? Seven weeks in, you pull him. You know, no goalie is going to build confidence like that. And Romero's built getting getting you know his two clean sheets, um, which is always good as a as a young you know goalie. But if if Romero makes a mistake one game, is Bob going to pull him? And then put Cisniega back in, and then it's just going to disrupt the goalie position. And that's ultimately like my fear. Um, but right now Romero looks good. Um, he he knows how to play with his feet, which is I guess the point where he beats Cisniega. Um, but yeah, I mean he's young, he's hungry, and, and he he saved the the team uh, against RSL. Yeah, no, I mean I, I mean to your point, I don't I don't know if we were. You have you have a you have a great point on that because we have seen Bob Bradley go back and forth, and I think 
we've seen him go back and forth this season. Now we see him go back and forth. I thought that was over, to be honest with you. I thought Pablo Cisnegas was a goalkeeper. He must have saw something really good from Tomas Romero. He was probably making these type of saves in, in practice uh, for him to start. But I think Pablo is also not, not as confident with Pablo Cisnegas. And I don't know why, because from the performances that we've been able to see, um, it was not like uh, Pablo Cisnegas was amazing, you know, goalkeeper of the year type of thing. But he was not. He was really solid, in my opinion. He was really solid, and it wasn't. He wasn't costing the team by any means. Uh, Andy, what, what were your thoughts on on, on Tom, Tomas Romero and the decision with, with that Bob Bradley decided to do a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I will say this: he's 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 been playing well. The, the starts that he's getting, and I mean, this, the other game he didn't have too many, you know, too many things to do. But that that save is, is amazing. That's definitely something that stands out. But JP and, and Gio, you nailed it. I mean, it's this is a, a problem that LAFC has had from the beginning, and it's like. We've talked about this before over and over. Like, you, you don't see teams in, in, in soccer, really. I don't want to say just MLS. You just don't see teams juggle goalkeepers. That's just not the way that, that football works because it's all about confidence. The same way Tyler Miller went to the U.S. national team and then came back and lost his confidence and then essentially lost his job is that same function. And I see, I see uh, the same thing with Pablo. Like, Pablo, you already mentioned Kenneth Vermeer. He was given the opportunity, given the green light. He's like, okay, this is going to be my position. And then all of a sudden, it's like out of nowhere, you know, we had with no explanation, even though there was no explanation over the Vermeer thing either. But even when you ask Bob, he's like, this is just, you know, I see Tomas playing well. They were giving him a chance. But it's like you just don't pull a keeper that way, you know, especially given the history that this team has. So it's very interesting because Bob's not going to give us any answers. Even Tomas, when he spoke the other night, said that he was even shocked to get the start. Pablo had a better week in practice than he did. So that just goes to tell you, like, what the hell is going on? And, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're either of the two keepers, I mean, sure, uh, Tomas is going to feel great about getting his chances, but Pablo cannot feel good about this. And this essentially down the road is is not something that LAFC is going to benefit from. So I'm not a fan of the decision. It's make, make it one or the other. But once again, the way that things have trended and the way that the Kenneth Vermeer thing happened right before the season started, like, this was Pablo's job. And you mentioned it. It's one thing if he was playing poorly, if he was, you know, being disruptive, which maybe he is. We don't know that, which I highly doubt, but it's not. I don't think this is a good look for LAFC at all, man. Look, I think I, I think we, we we may or may not be looking too much into it, but because the only reason I say this is because Tomas Romero uh, has looked solid these two games, but that is a very, very, very small um, scale, right? That they two what two games he started, right? That's a very we we have to look at overall the 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 length of right like of a season and how he does right he can look great or things can turn around and not look good for Tomas Romero these next couple of games right but to your point I think this is where I think Bob Bradley lacks in his decision making on with no with no explanation right like oh we're gonna put this player we're gonna put Tomas Romero in or we're I mean excuse me we're gonna put Tomas Romero in and not address it in the media or and put it vocally out there right maybe address it within the player that's cool but I think fans deserve a right to know hey why did you decide to choose this guy over that guy, Pablo up, why Tomas over Pablo? Well, you had these inconsistencies with Kenneth Ramirez and all that. Thing. I think that may make people feel uh, a little worrisome because that consistency hasn't been there. If there's one position that you want to feel solid, um, it's a goalkeeper position, right? And I thought I, I was I was very surprised when Tomas Romero. I'm also very surprised the type the type of games Tomas Romero is having, right? So he can like, you know, he can look that maybe down the line or maybe a year from now, we can be like, you know what? Bob Bradley made a great decision. Tomas Romero is the goalkeeper of the future. Or we can look and be like, what was Bob Bradley thinking? Publicist Negus was playing pretty solid, you know, and time will tell. And I hope that's I hope 
I hope is more on Bob. Bob is right on the decision to opposed to going back and forth because I don't. I don't want Tomas Romero to have one bad game. He gets pulled to JP's point, and then you you play this back and forth, right? Because you know you're playing like measles goal chairs with goalkeepers. You know, trying trying to trying trying to figure it out. But we'll have to see. I want to see what the chat says, uh, Francisco, because this was a hot topic on Twitter as well. Francisco says I'd rather have Romero play because um, Romero plays the ball with his feet much better, and Romero looks confident um hector gonzalez says tomas romero moves the ball better though he should have been uh, he should have been tim in the week i you know that i you can make a very good case for that i i i, I would agree with that the way the way uh, those impressive saves um grimace says 420 says pablo looked really good though yeah he really did he really did uh and jose so as uh, one reason there might be a goalkeeper rota- rotations is Three midway. No, no, come on, Jose. Mid midweek games that doesn't affect. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry, Jose. That doesn't affect the goalkeeper. He's not. You know, goalkeepers do not play in the field. They they play a great game, but that's not the reason. And I don't think that's the reason why Bob Riley did that is because of the rotation. I mean, LA Galaxy's not doing it right. We I cover that team, and they they're not. Jonathan Bond's not coming out of the goal right because of three games. So I think. I think this is more. It's not. I don't think it's tactical. It's more that I think Bob Riley just never felt. Never has felt comfortable or confident with pablo right and so like we have to talk about this what does this mean for pablo's future is this does is this future as a backup or because i don't know i don't know if you talk to pablo i don't think he wants to be a backup right or jp what are your thoughts yeah. on, on pablo Cisnega's future if i'm pablo i want out I, i'm gonna pull over mirror and leave um because his sample with the seven the seven weeks that was that he was in was good I mean, I look. You look at the goals. You know, it's not like LAFC got bashed. You know, they let one or two goals in, and you know, you don't look at one of them and say, "Oh, that's Pablo's fault. Pablo should have had that." You know, you just don't don't see it. And you know, Romero, yeah, plays well with his feet. And then like the saves he's made these games, it's like, I think Pablo can also make those saves. You know, it's it, there hasn't been one save where I'm just like, "Oh, I don't think Pablo could have done that." You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe Romero is is you know, um, you know, this great keeper of the future. Um, you know, it was David Ochoa on the other side, who was the U.S. men's national team keeper um, for the U23s. And then Romero d- decided to not play for El Salvador to, you know, get the U.S. men's national team call up. And he looked better than Ochoa. But I still think Cisniega's, Cisniega's is, is better. I would still pick him. He has more experience. And if you want to be a championship team, um, I, I think Pablo has the experience. But if, if I were Pablo, I, w- I would want to go. He's Mexican. He can go to La Liga MX. There's teams that need goalies down there. Because if I'm Pablo, I have I don't have the talent to be you know a backup. I mean, very strong point. I mean, he, I don't even think he has to go to Liga MX. They can go down 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 the block a couple to a couple teams here in, in the MLS. But Andy, what what are your thoughts on Pablo's uh, future with the team? Yeah, I mean, it's unfair. He's gonna have all the reason to feel like he may want to leave, or he has all the reason to ask, "Hey, what's what's the deal here?" Because. Then again, if you think about it, say they just hand over the starting role to Romero, which once again, we won't know if it actually happens, but say they just continue to play him and play him and play him. And then we're going to get to the point that, you know, maybe they make the playoffs, maybe they don't. And there's going to be one moment that people are going to say, oh, why was this Niega not in net today? It should have been him instead of Romero. The same way they did to Tyler Miller when, when they made the playoffs in 2019. Like, it just seems like you're creating a, a reoccurring problem that it seemed like it was already dealt with. Like you said, it seemed like this was not a thing that was going to happen anymore. And now it's like you're bringing that into the fold when you're already worrying about, you know, we have nobody scoring. We're having, you know, these these um, compatibility compatibility issues in the midfield and stuff like that. So it's like 
that's the last thing that I think anybody would have expected from LAFC at this stature, like knowing the way that the season has gotten off to. And um, it's it's interesting. So, I mean, maybe it's, I think Pablo either just steps up and says, hey, this is, you know, what's going on here? Like, what does it look like? Or like you said, he's going to have to just take take the step back and, and play the nice teammate role and, and get his games in when he does. But um, we'll once again, we'll probably get offered no explanation for this. So it'll be a guessing game as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm still going to ask Bobby. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> he's, he's a gr- he gets grumpy. There's no question you can ask. It's, it's funny. I was at the Mexico game and um, someone – asked me was like hey so what, what's up with you and bob i'm like what do you mean oh he's like oh your question uh, you asked him something i was like look man what i realized about bob bradley there's not a question you can ask you can ask him hey what do you think about the, the beautiful weather today it would upset him right i'm being i'm being overboard right but like there's no question that you can ask bob bradley it all depends on his mood you know what i'm yeah. saying I, I don't take any of that person i'm going to continue asking the questions because i mean he, he they they tend to be so secretive it's weird. You know, it's just a weird thing. You're a club. You're one of the biggest clubs in MLS, and, and you're very secretive with information that the Lakers, Clippers, Dodgers, you know, are willing to give away. And I'm not telling you here, tell me how much this player makes. You know, it's like injury reports. Why didn't, you know, why isn't Pablo playing? What are your thoughts about the midfield? You know, just things like that. But that's who Bob Bradley is. And I, you know, I just just tell people, like, I don't know. I don't take anything out personal. I just feel like that's on him. And, you know, we're going to continue asking those uh, tough questions. Um, one more here from Francisco. He says, if Pablo steps up on a, on his footwork with the ball, he would be a dangerous goalie in the MLS because he could stop shots but can't play the ball with his feet. Um, I don't – but I don't think that – I don't think Pablo was hurting the team, though. L- let's just throw it out there. Let's just say Tomas Romero plays better with his feet than Pablo. Of the seven games or whatever, how many games they did not lose a game or they did not get scored on because Pablo's feet are not as good as tomorrow, right? If, if that's if we're, if we're just throwing that out there, right? And to me, it, that's not the scenario. I think the, the bigger thing is what we're getting at. There's a lot of back and forth for Bob Bradley and his decision making that I think it could potentially cost him down the playoff, um, down the line, which is playoff or whatever. You're, you're just opening a can of worms to Andy's point because if LAFC lose a game, Let's say Tomas Romero. I don't want to put this on him, but Tomas Romero misplays the ball or something like that. People are going to say you should have had Pablo. You should have had Pablo, right? And that I think that's what you're opening up because you have a player that's been playing solid and he gets benched, right? I don't know if Pablo might have told something to Bob, might have, you know, I don't know. They might have had something going on at practice because that 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 to me that's the only thing I can think of, right? I'm just speculating here. That's the only thing I can think of. If like they, they might have got into in practice, he's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to give someone else an opportunity, but it was like, it was in the Muswood game against FC Dallas. And, you know, and, and, and yeah, JP, I remember you and I were talking about this. We're like, wow, that's a very aggressive lineup. But I think he also went, when you see, I think we learned about a coach is like, that's when I realized Bob Bradley did not trust Pablo this whole time while he was there. And I don't think he will ever trust him because when the team's back against the wall was FC Dallas, they needed to win that game. He trusted Pablo over Tomas Romero. Right. And, and that, that, that just says a lot. And I think, if you're Pablo, you're just like complaining, like, what else do I got to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, you know, like it didn't cost the team the game. Most, most of the goals, the what, two or three goals that he got scored on was because of the defense, mm-hmm. was because of the defense mishap. So I think Jesus Murillo had one. I think Eddie Segura misplaced the ball uh, on the defensive. That was, those were on them. But I think Bob Bradley, af- after one of the games, he had mentioned uh, Pablo. He wished Pablo would have done better. And, and I went back and I was like, that was not on Pablo. You know, in my in my opinion, that none of those goals were on Pablo's, mm-hmm. more on the on the on the poor defending that the LAFC has been doing. 
I know I'm gonna I'm kind of going off on a rant here, but I think we we have to address it because it, it's all over Twitter and people wanted us to talk about it. Uh, anything no, else you'd like to add? Go ahead, Jake, Andy. It's, and you guys said it like he hasn't like I don't think he's had a moment that like he I just don't understand why the perception of of him not being a good keeper is a thing because I don't think he's re- ever had a moment or even had enough of a chance to show that he isn't a good keeper. Like he's been he's been fine for them, and that's really all you need. Like you don't need him to be a world-class keeper. You just need somebody that's going to consistently be fine. But once again, if you're not, if you're getting messed around like this and you're getting pulled here and started, somebody else is starting and you, you're already coming from this happening in the past. And that's, you know, that's for sure going to mess with, with a, a mental aspect. And I think that that's another thing to realize, like when Tyler Miller went through this, he also went through like a, a like a whole story of like how that messed with his, his mental psyche, like going to the U S national team and then coming back and then not really having the spot. So it's not going to be beneficial for Pablo at all. I mean, I don't see it being beneficial for him. So, I mean, it's just one of those things that they have to either figure out or, or say, like, hey, this is what we're going to do because it's not fair to either. I mean, obviously, Romero's still young, and he's just happy to be getting his chances, and he really just knows that, okay, I'm getting my chances here. But if he's automatically thrown into that starting role, then you're talking about a whole different um, level of responsibility here, which obviously, you know, he probably is up for the challenge, but it's not it's not something that was expected. So that's why it's so surprising so. Yeah, and I think look, we got we got to give Tomas Romero his credit. Yeah, these two games do look solid, man. And on, on top of that, I, I don't know who asked in the press call today, but he he did decline to play for uh, Salvador for 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 or for Salvador for the Gold Cup because he would have been uh, cap tied, right? He he took a chance on himself. I was thinking, I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, I was thinking it was because he wasn't gonna he was thinking of playing for the U.S. You know, I think that's that's part of the reason. But I think the other part of the reason is now that he, he gets an opportunity with, with LAFC because if he would have taken the Gold Cup opportunity, there's no way he, w- he would have had this chance, right? So he bet on himself. And, you know, out of him not going to El Salvador, he got even a better opportunity with his club team that no one, not even him, saw it coming. So we definitely have to give, give him credit. And I think we're, we're just going to see how Tomas Romero does moving forward. I mean, two, two shout-outs. Has been very impressive. I don't think he's been necessarily tested because who's who they played FC Dallas and RSL. Let's see how they do how he does against Austin FC. He looks he comes across as a very confident player uh, to me from from listening to the press calls and stuff. Um, but I want to see how he does against Andy's team F- Austin FC, which I can't believe is wearing a hat. And he went. Uh, he's like, we'll get into that later. But um, but yeah, I, <laughs> oh my goodness, man. But like, yeah, but like, yeah, we'll, 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 we have to give credit what credit is due but like you know so far he's been very impressive and and the game against uh rsl he looked good he looked solid you know anything you like to add jp yeah i mean bottom line it's just bob decision making because bob says i pick my goalies based on how they do in the week and then thomas romero was like Pablo had a better week than me so even he was shocked so it's it's, ultimately it's just bob decision making at the goalie spot and that's just one spot you can't you can't question or you can't, you know, be, be switching up around because the goalie is the backbone of the team and, you know, the back line needs to be confident in the keeper. And if the keeper is always switching up, then that confidence doesn't build. And for a championship team, that's just not, not needed. So it's mostly on Bob than Pablo or Tomas. It's just Bob's decision-making, but yeah. I think no, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, here, let's go. I, I want to talk about now uh, Jose Sinfuentes. I have his goal here, and I'm going well, I'm I'm to play the video, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. LAFC on Jose Sinfuentes' third of the season, and a magical goal has given them the lead. It is LAFC on the road at RSL's 
Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy, Utah, as they take on Real Salt Lake. For LAFC, they have not won on the road this year. They've only won once on the road in their last 12 road games. Please. And he'll have a go. Oh, and that ball knuckling almost crossed Romero up. Not a night where we found good fluidity, uh, not a night of, of our best football by any means. The mentality was very good. Kim, off the field, inside the 18, back heel flick to Segura. The ball cut back towards a heavily spot, and there it is! Zepuentes coming on as the sub and getting his third goal of the year. LAFC on Jose Zepuentes' third of the season. And a magical goal has given them the lead. He's ball over the top. Rubio Ravine. He's in. Here's Rubio Ravine. Keeper out. Little chip. Takes a deflection. Cleared off the line. It's Eddie Segura flying in at the last second to keep the clean sheet for LAFC. And it's over. Silvio Petrescu says. So obviously it was, it was a little more, but uh, we we had the Jose Sinfuentes goal and then um, Eddie Segura, which I want to talk about. JP, what, what were your thoughts on uh, Jose Sinfuentes? He came in the 68th minute, impact the game. Obviously, won the game, won the game for the team. Yeah, I mean, I have him as my starter um, over K. I'm in the midfield, but you know, it was K's last game, so I understand. You know, get, give him his minutes and then put Sifu in. But yeah, I mean, Sifu's the one that ends up starting the play. Plays it to Moon, Moon to Vela, and then Vela. Pulls two defenders, backflips. I don't know why Segura made that run, but good good job on Segura. You know, he's not supposed to be there, but, you know, he slots it back, and then Cifuentes, you know, hits it with a lot of conviction and, and and you know, bangs it in. And, and you can see the whole team, you know, I guess like a sigh of relief, you know, because um, you couldn't really see for where, where the goal was going to come from LAFC. Like like Bob said, you know, it wasn't their best, most fluid game. Um, but, yeah, Sifu deserves, deserves that goal. Sifu is having a great tournament – I mean, a great season – and, you know, he's my starter, so, yeah. Andy, give, give us your thoughts on Jose Sanfuentes and him scoring that goal. Yeah, I mean, it's a big moment. And, you know, from the conversations that we had with on the show and with Bob and just trying to figure out what the best ideas are. I think you're cutting uh, off, Andy. My back. You hear me, Eric? Yeah. My yeah, boy, you're cutting yeah. off. Hold on. Give, give us a second. You got to pay your yeah, bill, man. Andy. It was, nah, it was man, first. I'm not home right now, man. You're not my vacation. <laughs> he's in Colombia. He's in Colombia. Nah, sure. I wish I was, bro. <laughs> If I wasn't, I definitely wouldn't be on right now. Yeah. We good? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's just it's just him, you know, him taking the chances. And and it's interesting because obviously Mark is, is going to be on national team duty now. So um, he just he just needs those games. And he needs that. He needs those moments to be able to show. And he's what he has shown this season is that he does give them another dynamic in the attack, which is really what they've been lacking. So I think Sifu is only going to continue to get better. It's just the fact of how they're going to play it because we keep going with the same rotation of, of Mark and Atuesta and Latifa, whoever the case may be like this, this is the moment that Bob is really going to have to, I mean, we're talking about Bob making decisions, the goalie. This is the moment he's going to really have to start making decisions because now you're going to most likely see Sifu start in Mark's spot. Now you're going to be forced to give Pancho Ginella, which is an awful way to think about it, but you're going to be forced to give him minutes. You're probably going to see more Bryce Duke. And this is really going to be the challenge of what, is the best midfield pairing. So I'm glad to see Sifu uh, step up to the occasion. It's obviously a much-needed goal. It was a great collective play by the team. It, it seemed kind of like an old-school uh, LAFC goal. But at the end of the day, this is a great player. He, he's shown on, on you know, on stages internationally when he's with Ecuador and in the younger tournaments with the team is that 
he could play. He's, this is a, this is a good uh, midfielder. So LAFC knows that. That's why he's there. And, and whether or not Baba's going to continue to give him these chances at, at more of a juncture, it's, it's going to be interesting because if he's scoring on top of doing what else, you know, what else they're asking him to do, then, I mean, there's no way you don't start him, even when Mark is around. So I think that's going to be, uh, I think, the focal point going forward, obviously, during this gold cup break and then after when Mike gets back. Yeah, I think there's, uh, I think K going to the Gold Cup just essentially bought Bob time. That's just the way I see it because I don't think Bob is, uh, you mentioned, right? We're talking about him not going back and forth on goalkeeping decisions. So far, Marmano looks good. But on the K, uh, K versus, or I don't want to say K versus K over uh, uh, Cifuentes, it, it, it's obviously clear that Cifuentes impacts the game, right? Um, comes in a minute later, a couple of minutes later, he, he, he scores for them, right? And it's like to me, it's like okay, Bob. When when are you going to realize that Simfontes is the start, right? Like there shouldn't be, like right. Like I know everybody online and everything like that, but I feel like you know it, it's very clear that that the the offense is a lot different when Simfontes, Blessing, uh, and Atuesta are that 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 is the strongest and that that's the most impactful. And Kay, I mean, Simfontes has three goals three goals this season, right? And I don't, I don't know, I don't believe uh, Kay has scored any goals, and I don't think Latif has scored any goals. But I think the job that I've seen Safuentes do it, it, you know, it, it can't go unmatched. Go ahead, JP. Oh no, Latif has one. He scored against. He has that one. He has one. Okay. Yeah. Um, but thanks, thanks for correcting. But yeah, like it, it's clear as day, and you know, I think if say if Canada have a deep run or they don't have a deep run. Um, you know, they can they come back because I think Canada is expected to have somewhat of a deep run yeah. in this Gold Cup, right? So I think uh, okay, definitely gonna miss a. Uh, I think you can miss up to a month. I don't know if they're gonna go to the final, but you you can miss up to a month. So he's definitely gonna miss up to three three potentially four weeks. So, um, yeah, like how, how is this team gonna move? Because obviously we talked about the the motion, the rotation, everything. If K is gone from this team, uh, you know. What if they build that chemistry, right? You talked about who's coming off the bench. I think Bryce Duke is the first one to come off the bench. Pancho Janela, who's making half a million dollars. Yes, half a million dollars. Has not. I don't think he's played a game this season. Um, you know, dude is getting getting is able to ride the bench, cashing that check. And one, because they overvalued him. I think they overvalued him. And two, that Bob Bailey doesn't want to play him for whatever reason. Um, you know, so you can't necessarily blame, blame, blame Pancho Janela for that. But I think – Bob Bradley or, or the, you know, the front office needs to make a decision. If you're paying this guy so much money, he's taking, he's take, also taking an international spot. What's the point of still having this guy on your team? You know what I'm saying? If he's not going to get no playing time, I know it's 11 games in, but clearly he's, he's not, he's not cutting. He's not, he's not even making the rotation. You're not even coming off the bench. Right. So we'll see what, what happens with that. And I think when you, when you look at this, right, there's so many pieces that add to this, but I think Sefuentes should start regardless if when, whenever K comes back. And I've been saying this since the start of the season, K, I mean, excuse me, Sefuentes, Blessing and Atuesta. That's the midfield. I think that should go uh, when depending on the formation, it's a four, three, three or the five, three, two, one or five, three, two, excuse me, whichever one though, that should be your midfield. Then you, then you can add the little pieces uh, of uh, Duke and potential Pancho Ginella. Uh, JP, give me your thoughts on how this, you potentially see this midfield going and, you know, because so far they've looked good and they've looked more explosive with, with Fuentes in the lineup. Yeah. I mean, the beauty about the two lineups that Bob has that the middle goes untouched. Um, he likes his three in the middle and, you know, that's where you usually win games. Um, so they're going to build chemistry um, with K out. Um, ultimately, when K comes off the field and Sifu's in, they look better. Um, the past games that that's happened, uh, like like you said, uh, that's my starting three, a Twesta, Blessing, and, and Sifu. 
Um, you know, what makes Sifu and Atuesta more dangerous is that they have a shot. Um, you know, they can shoot from, from outside of the box. Uh, and, you know, one of those will end up going in. Um, they, they just look better. Blessing always presses. Blessing recovers the ball, gives it to Sifu and Atuesta, who are more creative. And, you know, LAFC stay dominating games in the middle. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, that's the, the, the three that should be going forward in the middle uh, for, for the rest of the season. Um, so, yeah. And I want to talk about Eddie Segura. Obviously, he made Team of the Week. Team of the Week, excuse me. And he obviously he had the impressive save, goal line save. Obviously, pretty much, uh, you know, gave also helped LAFC to get that win. What What are your thoughts on Eddie Segura? Yeah, that play is, is incredible. It's the way to say uh, flashes of Mohamed Elmanair from a few years ago, like yeah. that, that one crazy defensive play. I think it was in Houston or Dallas or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, Eddie, I think Eddie's has been solid since he's gotten to LAFC. He's one of those players that. Maybe you won't mention too much. I, I feel like he's become more of a vocal leader back there. And then obviously pairing him with um, with Murillo, which is a you know a fellow Colombian, it makes it a little easier for him to to kind of interact with his center back pairing. Um, but if you have to ask me about the, the the back line, I think he's been he's been the strong point there. And um, he just he does his job, man. I mean, even like JP said, you don't know why he's necessarily making that run, but he probably sees the opening there on the goal that he says, "Hey, if I make this run." Uh, obviously, Carlos is smart enough to hold the ball up a little bit and then flick it back. So um, I think he just gets it. I think he he, he understands what the team is trying. To, he understands how they're trying to play. And most of all, he, his confidence is there. I actually asked him a, a question today um, in the in the press call about like what the level of the team is at. You know, he's like we're obviously all trying to do as much as we can, but you know, as a collective, they're they're getting there. Like he's not gonna gonna go and sugarcoat it. Like obviously, he knows what the situation is about. So. Um, I think he's been good. I think he's he's going to continue to be that way. Um, it just needs to be a collective effort all around. And obviously, you know that I have my my other thoughts on on some of the other defensive players there. But uh, he's been he's been all thumbs up. Yeah, no, I think I mean when you make uh, when you make a save like that, right? Um, it's very impressive, right? You help your team and and just boost the morale overall because of, of the job you know Tomas Romero was doing during that game, and Eddie Segura is able to come back, you know, and, and you know help seal the deal with that with that the defensive play, and I think it's also going to give him momentum too because obviously he was on the press call today, he made team of the week, so he's going to be feel good about stuff because Eddie Segura has not looked like the Eddie Segura of 2019 when he was just being an unstoppable, you know, center back, you know, being very impactful, and I think part of that also had to do with Walker Zimmerman the parent of Walker Zimmerman, because um, even though Eddie Segura has had a, uh, did have a great game, there has been a decline in his game since uh, Walker Zimmerman has, has left the team. It has not been the same. I think him and Jesus Murillo have not, have not, have not <clears throat> looked as strong. Right. And I think you really do see what Walker, some of the intangibles or Walker Zimmerman was able to bring. And most notably be that <clears throat> was to elevate Eddie Segura because, you know, we haven't seen the same Eddie Segura, even though he did, ha- did have a great game. And but I want to see what happens moving forward with this defense in these in these next couple of games, right? Kim Mumon, right? He he got the start. He looked good. What happens when um you know Tristan Blackman comes back? Obviously because of that suspension, right? Um, does Bob Bailey go back to the five three two, or does he go to the four three three? Right? I think those are the things because Bob tends to be one dimension one dimension with his formational, and he gets kind of gets tends to be too predictable, right? And I think. When you have Kim Wan, I like when Kim Wan and Walker Zimmerman are in there, but the only the only negative to that is there's no depth, right? Right now, there's no, no necessary depth at the center back position. But but what are your thoughts on uh, Kim Wan, JP, and Tristan Black, Blackman being back next week? Um, he starts over Blackman. I have him over Blackman. Um, I saw enough um, on RSL to 
to to like it um, more than Blackman. Um, Blackman is just more of a defensive player. Um, you know, if you want to, on the right back position, he's more safe. He he feeds the ball to Vela more. Whereas like Kim Umwan sees Vela open, but he'll take it on himself. Um, he he's always attacking, and I think that's what the the type of football Bob wants attacking minded football. I just think the best formation if you want to get the most out of Moon is, is playing five in the back yeah. because since he likes to push up the line a lot, a four three three he becomes a liability if they get caught on the counter. He's going to be up and the right back spot's going to be open. Um, but if you play five in the back, he goes up, he loses the ball, but Blackman is there to cover it. Um, but like you said, Blackman gets a red card, you can't play the five in the back or any of them get injured, you just can't play it. Um, I mean, you could technically um, put Farfan at the third center back or Harvey in the third center back role which is kind of what I saw at the end of the game when you put Raheem Edwards in. Farfan kind of filled the, the left center back role, and they went a back five. But, yeah, I mean, Moon can be newcomer of the year if he, if he keeps this pace. Yeah, I, I like that. I like I look, Moon. Moon has looked very, very, very solid to me. But I do, I do, I do agree with you. He will be a liability if he's on that four-three-three because he's more of an offensive uh, player-minded, and then playing that wing-back position on that on the five-three-two uh, just really is really meant for Kim Moon Wan and what he can bring to the table. Andy, I want to I want to talk about now about uh, the players that are coming back from Copa America, or we expect one. I uh, know I got to ask Bob Bradley about. Um, Chiqui Palacios and and Brian Rodriguez, right? Because they're, they're out of the Gold Cup. So this is what Bob said. Let me just find the quote. If I can find the quote, I don't know. Why I can't find the quote. Well, pretty much. Well, pretty much. He just said. Um, he pretty much said that he expects uh, Chiqui Palacios to be back later today. He's not going to be available for tomorrow. For Brian Rodriguez, there's still ongoing conversations, and he said he expects them later this week which when he said that, I'm like, why don't both of these guys come in the same plane, right? Or the same, you know, I don't know. But I, I don't I don't, I don't, don't know if Brian Rodriguez is coming back, even though Bob Bradley said he may be coming back later this week. But what are your thoughts, Andy? My thoughts are, oh, boy, here we go again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, Brian, the Brian Rodriguez story is the, is the gift that keeps on giving for LAFC. Uh, it's clear that they still just don't know what's going to happen. And um, obviously he has to come back because that's really the only option right now through uh, contract contractual obligations, but whether or not that's what Bob Bradley and LASC want is a whole different story. I'm on the record saying this before. I don't think it's necessarily a terrible thing to get a player of that caliber back, the way that LASC has gotten up to the start. Um, we, we know Brian Rodriguez has, you know, is, has some great qualities and obviously has some growing to do as well. But you're throwing a player back in the mix that's familiar with a system that, that you know, you're not going to have to introduce him to too much. You're going to have to obviously – try to get him back in the fold. But I think he could ultimately help for a team that's lacking in scoring, even though, you know, he didn't do too much of that when he was here. So um, it'll be interesting if he does end up staying. I think they're still weighing all the options that they can. I think they're leaning more on the side of like, hey, we'd rather not have him here. But, you know, if he's here, we're going to have to welcome him and continue to try to develop him. Uh, and for Chiqui, it's going to be interesting because he didn't play much with Ecuador in, in uh, Copa America. So that'll be uh, interesting to see how he gets back in the fold just for the sake of, he was going – he's used to getting those consistent games with LAFC and now going for some time off with Ecuador to see how that changes it. But, I mean, I said it earlier this year, and the people have been hard on him. I don't think his position is up in, in much jeopardy. I think that Farfan and, and other people are, are good subs to have, but I think it's a cheeky spot to to have for the, for the long uh, long haul. So, um, I mean, I think getting them two back – Eddie said it today. They haven't really had this team at full strength 100 yet. So, 
getting uh, Segura, uh, not Segura, getting Palacios back, obviously, and then if they add Rodriguez to the fold, whether or not, like, they're finally going to be able to see this team, although Mark Anthony K is with Canada right now, but they're finally going to be able to try to piece this team together at 100. So maybe that'll be beneficial for the for the overall unit. I mean, we don't know that yet, but uh, I think, I, I mean, I think Chiki coming back ultimately will be a good thing for them, for sure. Yeah, definitely adding Cheeky Palacios. I give depth on that defensive side. JP, give me give me your thoughts on um, Brian Rodriguez. And people in the chat, give me your thoughts on if you guys want Brian Rodriguez back and your thoughts, JP. Um, I don't agree with Andy. I think Cheeky lost his spot um, at the left back against against uh, the Galaxy. Araujo made him look terrible. Araujo just made him look bad in one half, in one half. And I think he lost it there. I mean, like you said, he hasn't been consistent with Ecuador. Um, he played at the left wing. Oh, no, he played at the left mid spot against Brazil and against Argentina. Um, so I think Farfan um, starts the next couple of games and then maybe more along the season rotations. But, yeah, I mean, Chiqui's always good to have. It's not like he's a bad player, but I just think Farfan has done better. Um, but, yeah, Rodriguez, I, Bob doesn't want him, and he doesn't want to be here. I, I, that's what I think. I Obviously, I, that's my speculation. But he doesn't want to be at LAFC, and he definitely doesn't want to be coached by Bob. Um, but he has no market value. No teams want him. Not even Peñarol wants him, even though when he was in Almeria, he, he went you know, on, on Uruguayan television and was like, well, I want to go to Peñarol. And Peñarol was not like, okay, we'll take you back. You know, you can, LAFC can loan you out, and we'll take you. They, they don't want him either because he doesn't have a good attitude. And it's more of a mental aspect of, with him than a, than a soccer or like a, his level. His, he, has, he, he has talent. It's just a matter of where his men- mentality is. You know, he's at rock bottom right now. He has no market value, so he should come to LFC and want to, you know, eat up, eat everything up. You know, he's playing with two of Uruguayans. It's not like he's gonna be, you know, aliened out. And and ultimately, I think what the bad thing is that they they're gonna go to a four three three and they don't have a, a real striker. And that's what Brian was good at. You know, Brian couldn't finish. Brian was an assister, so there's no there's nobody he can assist to now. Um, maybe he starts scoring goals, but I just don't think the team is uh, at the spot where like the, uh, his position favors the team or like he yeah so they would play him on a wing but we still don't have a striker to to finish any of his any of his assists yeah and I think to that point it's like right I think he's so immature too that he's just like he's like well I'm not I'm not going back I this is what I think he's like I don't want to go back to LAFC or else he would have said that right LAFC is like we don't really want you but you you cost so much damn money that we have to bring you back. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's, uh, we got to bring you back. You cost us way too much money unless they terminate the contract, which I highly doubt Brian's going to be like, oh, yeah, don't pay me the million point, whatever the money that he, he's getting paid, right? It's like um, – or if, if he may be bold and and not smart and may and be like, yeah, let's terminate my contract. I, I want to st- stay here. I don't want to go back. That could be a possibility, unlikely – and there's a slim chance, but you never know with Brian. You never know. He may like he may he must he might have really hated playing for Bob Bailey and being here. That he he may be willing to take that chance on himself. And if he does that, that's good news for LAFC and all LAFC fans, unless the ones that really want him here. Because I think at the end of the day, when a player doesn't want to be with your team and doesn't want to play for your club, and I know there's still some fans that are loyal loyal to him and really want him back. I think I, I find it hard for me. I would not want to support a player like that because I, I would – look, if you're going to want to turn your back on us, I'm not going to want to support you. You're not really going to help. Like, if your mind's not really on us, you're just coming here to collect a paycheck in a sense, right? You're not coming here to win championships. You're, you're just coming here for yourself, and that's the sense that I get from Brian Rodriguez. And for the LAC side and the business side, and it's funny, i got to ask – talk to talk to someone within the team – 
I was like, hey, so whatever happened with Brian Rodriguez? And they gave me kind of like a like a BS response, I'd say. Um, they're like, oh, you know, he, he was young. He, he came out here by, by himself and this and that. And I, I'm like, to your point, JP, this is exactly what I said. I was like, he had Pancho Janela and he had a, a Diego Rossi. What do you mean? He was he was not highly biased. So he had two other Uruguayans. But they did, they, they, I mean, just gave me like a BS response. And I was just like, oh, come on. Like, you know, like even LAFC doesn't want to spill, like, tell the truth of what really happened, which we already know is that him and Bob didn't get along. And he, he just he just thought he was bigger than the club, which unfortunately, that's not the case. He wasn't able to play with Armeria. He was he, he didn't get no playing time in, in the in the Copa America. And that's all he has right now is that he he was on the bench or he didn't even make the 18 for some for some of these games. He didn't even make the 18 uh, for, for, for Uruguay. I don't even know if he played a game, a single minute, because I, I didn't keep up with the Uruguay. I don't know if he did, but I know he was he was on the bench. I don't think he played a single minute. I don't think he played a minute at all. Yeah. I don't think so. so how much how much value does he really have if, if, if he doesn't make the Uruguayan uh, roster for the World Cup qualifiers? The, dude, the dude's career could be – could be I don't want to say over, but it could be already the hitting. If it's not hitting rock bottom now, you know, if he's on the uh, next World Cup qualifiers, the value is completely gone. And then for the FC side, I think you're stuck with them, unfortunately, unless you can get them to terminate the contract. With I think it's hard, hard for him to he would have want to agree to that, or you convince him to come back and convince him to say the right things out in the media, even though if it may be hard for him to do because. You know, how do you, how do you, how do you, because the, I feel like Brian Rodriguez is the only player that Bob Bradley has not been able to have under his, his bubble or whatever, you know, under, under his control. I don't, you know, I don't think that's the right word, but under, under his umbrella, right. Of how he wants things to be done. Brian Rodriguez is the odd man out, you know? So how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you make that relationship work? Bob doesn't, I don't think Bob speaks Spanish. If he does, I don't think there, Bob Bradley doesn't seem like the heart to heart type of guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so how is how do you repair this relationship? You know what I'm saying. So I think for me it's like I, I make it. I make. I, I think it's a very tricky, tricky situation. But like if he doesn't come by this week and they got a game, what they got a game this weekend too against RSL. If he's not there, they're gonna have another press call. Then you know we'll see what happens. Go ahead, JP. Yeah, I mean um, in the Twitter spaces I met, um, we have LAFC Uruguay. So he obviously I guess has the insider scoop because he's from there. Yep. And and he ultimately says that. It's his agent. His agent is, is you know, the terrible, shady guy that, like, I guess brainwashed him into believing that he's messy before, you know, even, you know, playing in Europe and, and ultimately, like, messed up his mentality. He also said Rossi's mom is a psychologist, um, so maybe you should talk to Rossi's mom um, because Rossi's mom helped Rossi psychologically and a lot of, you know, Uruguay players go to, go to, her, go to his mom. Um, and, you know, ultimately, yeah, like, another scenario could be they sell Rossi to give Rodriguez um, – the green light and like the starting role and then they go out and get a, a starting dp because you need your three dps on the field if you want to win mls cup you know and, and lafc they need to make that mls cup push because that's the expectation and you know playing with three wingers or you know three cams uh, up top you know it's just not not gonna work especially under four three under the four three three that bob wants to play Italy looks so good because they have a number nine regardless if the mobile play scores or not they look good because they have a number nine and Bob said nobody has figured out his four three three yet, but everyone has already. And you know, maybe the only way that they don't figure it out again is if with with a striker. So yeah, I mean, Rodriguez <laughs> has to come in and and you know want to eat this world and make his market go up because he ultimately does want to go to Europe and live you know the lavish European lifestyle, but he has no market value, so he has to come yeah. in. 
with the right mentality. Well, I would also say to your point of of his agent, you know, um, changing or hyping him up. Look, that's what an agent's supposed to do, right? But at the same time, Brian Rodriguez really believes he's that guy. You know, it, I feel like it comes down more to him than his agent because that's what the agent's supposed to do is hype you up, you know, um, you know, do do promote you out there to all these different clubs, right? That he's just he's just doing what an agent typically does. But I think also it, it really falls down on Brian Rodriguez. I just don't think he's mature enough to be like, yo, all right, I'm not that good. Like, let me come back to LFC and let, let me prove my worth. You know, I, I I think I think something else has to you know hit him in the in the face life life wise. You know what I'm saying? Um, has to hit him in the face. Like I I hope I I hope it's the Copa America. They ain't get no playing time. You're not that good yet. Just because you're in the bubble of these Uruguayan players does not mean you're cut. You're cut from the same cloth, my man. It does. It does not. And I don't see that right now. I don't see. I don't see. I've never saw that with with LAFC. I just. I just didn't from what, everything that I saw. And for me, when I when I see Brian Rodriguez, it, it's just. It's like you said, Andy. The the soap opera that keeps on going and that keeps on giving. Right. So, if you had to expect, do you, do you think Brian Rodriguez is come, is going to come back? Um, I say yes because, like you guys have mentioned, there's not a market for him. Like, I don't think any team really wants to say, okay, we'll take this on given contract, given history, given attitude, whatever the case may be. And go, going back to what I mentioned earlier, like you're you're not bringing a player that's a foreigner to this concept of what LAFC is and how they play. Whether or not, you know, Bob has to sit down with him or has to be somebody else in the front office like, hey, man, this might be your best opportunity, not just your best, your only opportunity at this point. So JP brings up a good point. If if he it takes a step back and kind of humbles himself in that sense and says, hey, I'm in, man, like, let's do it. Let's just try to make something work and then we'll go on from there. But if he comes back with, you know, that same mentality or whatever the case may be, then he might just be stuck because I, I can't if – it, if a team back home does not really want you to come back, then that's kind of like the first sign of like, okay, maybe I've done something wrong because – there's one thing about South American players that that leave a little bit of a history, a legacy, in in their teams and in, in their home countries is that they'll typically always want you back at some capacity if you really did do something good enough or really did mean something to that team. So um, the fact that they may not want him back at Peñarol or anywhere in Uruguay is is probably a telling sign for that. So I mean, I'm gonna say yes just because I don't know if there's anywhere else for him to go. Yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head right there. Peñarol allegedly doesn't want him back. And that's where you played. It it doesn't look you didn't you know they made bank off of you. You know they they got the money from LAFC. LAFC, LAFC right now is, is is the one that that's holding the money. You know like the crypto crypto aspect. You know like the, all the people that bought Doge at seventy five cents or whatever. You know everybody that bought uh, you know coin you know Bitcoin that bought it. <laughs> JP's raising their hand. You know that that's what LAFC is like right now because they're holding they're holding the bag on Brian Rodriguez and unfortunately. Uh, it's not, it's not looking too good. Francisco brings up a point. He says all the side, all the all the side talk aside, Brian would definitely fit into this team. He has just been struggling so much with, with Baird, and and Brian being back would be a problem. Just push Vela to the nine. Yes, but Francisco, I think you missed everything that we just said. If a player doesn't want to be in your team and mentally doesn't want to be in your team, no matter if you'll fit on paper, I don't think it's gonna look good when it comes down to it because he has the explosiveness, he has all those different things, but I think mentally. It comes down to a mental thing, you know, and and if he's not mentally there and if he's just going through things, uh, talent aside or whatever he can bring to the table is, is not going to help this team 
uh, is I don't think he's, he'll be able to help this team in any way, shape, or form if he doesn't mentally want to be in LA. You know, that, that, go ahead. I was just going to say any player, if you don't want to be, you know, if you don't want to be in a city or you don't want to be in the MLS, uh, you're not going to give out your best effort. You're going to, you're going to give like a half, half ass effort. You know what I'm saying? And that, I think that, that, that's what we could see with uh, Brian Rodriguez, but go ahead, Andy. Yeah. I'll say this, man, just in the way that the season is going and the way that things have unfolded. Um, I don't I think-, think you're cutting out. You're cutting out, Andy. I hear him. You hear him? Or yeah, not just me, me. Yeah, it might be easier. I'm trying to play me, man. <laughs> nah, nah. I think um, I think just pushing Vela to the nine does not help LFC at any given moment because I think we know obviously his his best position. Do is you where hear he him? I it might just be me. Okay, I hear him. I hear you. Vela's best position is where he plays now. Obviously, he's able to to kind of cut in and then use that left foot as as a threat. And and if he's fighting these health issues and not fully at 100, percent pushing Carlos Vela to the nine is is not at all a good idea for LAFC. So I don't disagree that that Rodriguez would be a good fit for the system, as I've already mentioned. But, yeah, using Bella as a false nine was, is not at all good for them. Oh, he left. There you go. It's our show now, Gio. We took yeah. it. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll build on that. But, I mean, to be not to be drastic, but it, LAFC's season, if they want to win the MLS Cup, depends on Brian Rodriguez, um, what they do with him. If he, if he comes back, um, because right now, what, they're fifth? Without him, without their two DPs, you know, if you want to win, you have to have two DP or your three DPs. Um, Daniel Sturridge is training in the Valley in LA, like on his Instagram stories. Like, we need to get, we need to get a striker of experience. You know, maybe sell Rossi and and get, you know, Daniel Sturridge. Uh, you know, you have to sacrifice Rossi and then keep keep Brian Rodriguez because nobody wants Brian Rodriguez. And you're not gonna, you know, you can buy him out and then sell Rossi and you make the money back somehow. But, and then two DPO spots open up, but you need to keep one. You know, you ultimately need to make a sacrifice, and then this—that's the big decision the front office has to make. Um, and then, you know, yeah, like I said, it, it ultimately depends on what they do with him. If if LAFC can make that push for the MLS Cup. Yeah, sorry guys, I had internet connection issues. I'm gonna figure this out before next show. But let's let's talk. You, we hit on great points. Let's talk about Austin FC before we wrap things up. Um, so I don't know. Look, I got I got an image to show you guys. I don't know where this came. I was surprised when this I saw this image. For. Oh my goodness! Oh my for. goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! This man, this man goes to both LAFC and Galaxy and tends to root for the Texas team. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna put up an image. I almost I almost unfollowed this man. Look at this! Hey, look at him! He's, he's look at him! He's just he just became a te- he became a Texas boy. He got it. He, he got look. He got he got the hat. He got the scarf. He got the players warming up, and he got the the home match ticket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Andy, tell us tell us about your loyalty uh, to, to Austin FC, and then uh, when this started. I'm assuming this started when you were a little kid. Man, you know I've been an Austin FC fan since the beginning. You know my <laughs> grandparents taught me to root for them. <laughs> <laughs> nah, actually, man, Austin is a great city. My cousin lives down there. He's been there for about eight years. So um, I, I told Dio earlier this year, I, I always wanted to go to this opening game because um, it's, it's you know, one of a kind. And, and the fact that we got to see them play twice in L.A. was pretty dope that they opened the season in LAFC and then they played the Galaxy a few weeks later. So I was I was pretty invested to go down and check it out. Um, I, I like Josh Wolf a lot. I think he's a great coach. Um, and they did a, a decent job putting that team together as far as talent. I just like the uh, and, and Bob mentioned it today. The concepts that they play, you could tell that like, he's really 
uh, forward minded when it comes to soccer. And um, I'm a big fan of expansion, man. What can I tell you? Like, I like I like the fact that the league is growing. Uh, whenever I get a chance to check out a, you know, a different city, I'm always down for it. So I had a blast, man. Q2 is amazing. It's a great stadium. Uh, great people, great energy. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get to see any of uh, any goals that game because that was the first game against San Jose. Then they had another scoreless draw. But what they did to Portland this past weekend was was wild. And and you see the energy it translated through the TV. Like that place is rocking. It's going to be twenty thousand capacity every game. The same way that LAFC was when they came on. Like the wait list is at the least twenty three thousand right now for season tickets, which is over the capacity of the stadium, which is incredible. So. Um, I'm happy, man. It's a, it's a cool team to follow, cool team to just kind of like keep tracks on and, and see how they do in their first season. So, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Off <laughs> I mean, look at this guy. Kyle, <laughs> oh, look, at, look at him. He's just so well, that's happy. Some, that's some nice pictures, man. I'm not going to yeah, lie. He's happy. You know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna hate on it too much. But, like, no, it, that's the thing. Look, uh, that's LAFC's next game. It's tom- uh, tomorrow. Do I got my days tomorrow. off wrong? Yeah, yeah, tomorrow. So, uh, these games are coming so quick. So, tomorrow, right? And what they did to Portland – and how that stadium was rocking. I'm not gonna lie, look, those those glow in the dark celebrations or whatever, that was that was pretty cool. Fire, that, fire. That, that was like uh, I mean, that's a cool tradition. I like that, you know, it, it changed it because I when I first saw the highlights, I was like, What's going on my, my phone? I thought my phone was like <laughs> tripping up, and then I was reading the comments. I was like, yo, the, the glow in the dark drums and everything is pretty cool. I this is not gonna be an easy game for LAFC. This is this is not gonna be a, a game because of that atmosphere and look of what they did that to Portland, they could potentially do that to LAFC. JP, what are your thoughts on LAFC going on to Austin? Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to get Portland, but it's not going to be an easy game. If I'm LAFC, as an, like, as an LAFC fan, if they come out with a tie, I'm, I'm happy. Um, and then you keep the good, the good positive energy going because if this game was in the weekend, then I expect the win. But it's, what, four days after and you have to go to humid Austin with, you know, the new stadium after a 4-1 win, like, you know, Obviously, you want to go with, with a win um, because ultimately you beat them 2-0 in the first game of the season. So it's not like they're uncharted territory. It's not like you don't know what you're going to expect. Um, but both of both of them are coming off important wins. You know, both of them anemically are going to be very high. Um, so it's not going to be an easy game. You know, it's going to be, I think, another gritty matchup like against RSL where they're going to have to show heart. They're- oh, did we lose them? We're losing right. people. We're losing people left and right. So, like, yeah, look, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. I think the thing the thing about Austin, um, I think they they played last game Thursday. You know, so they they almost have about a week off until they play and then until they play the game. LAC just played what Saturday? Was it Saturday? Mm-hmm. LAC had just just played Saturday. Um, he's back on. So we're all having technical difficulties. So it's all good. But it, you know, as I was just saying, JP, the Austin FC is coming back from playing on Thursday. They've been off since Thursday, and LFC had a game Saturday. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of rest, and they have a lot of time to prep for LFC. They got to see how LFC got to play. If LFC play like they did against RSL, it's not going to be a good night for LFC because um, you know it, all the momentum. Yeah, right now I feel like Austin has a little bit more of the momentum. Obviously, they're at home. This is a big, big game. I wish I was on the weekend. I thought about going to this game, but if it was on the weekend, I definitely would have gone, you know, out there. But uh, unfortunately, I'll have to wait till the next time uh, either LAFC goes out and plays in Austin because I definitely do want to check out the stadium. And it's not going to be an easy victory, but JP, I'll let you finish your thoughts. Yeah, um, I guess I'm going to go off topic because um, Andy brought up the, the MLS expansion. But uh, what I don't like is that the stadiums are too small. Um, and the project and like the the way that the sport is growing in the country, you have to at least open up with thirty five thousand in your stadium. You know these twenty two thousand um, seat fields or stadiums are not, just not going to cut it. 
because you know bank of california is going to have to expand whether they like it or not um you know the q2 uh, q2 is going to have to expand you know 20 23,000 on a wait list is is unbelievable so you know they the league or the expansion teams need to start thinking bigger when they make their stadiums um i like austin's uniform i think it's the, the, the cool. green and black it is, is it nice is a cool, it is a cool uniform and then um their celebration is cool columbus cruise celebrate new celebration at their stadium is terrible it's so cringy <laughs> the brick yeah it was so it was so cringy um but yeah i mean ultimately i'm afraid um of lafc just being tired um because they were outshot and outpossessed by rsl and then they're gonna have to go midweek here and and you know Austin and they got another wanna... then they got another game on the weekend as well. No, they have until July seventeenth. So the, the, yeah, the they weekend don't play is this off. Weekend? Okay, no, this weekend is off. Just when they're back home, correct? Yeah, until the seventeenth, they play RSL at home again. So oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. weird weird scheduling by the league. They easily could have made it in the weekend, I guess. But yeah, they could make it made it a weekend game. Yeah, but you know that's that's my biggest fear as as as, as a LAFC fan. You know them just being tired because Vela and Rossi played ninety minutes. Um. So yeah, I don't think Austin's gonna outplay them. I just think they're gonna outwork them and be more rested. Yeah, Andy, give me. Uh, we'll wrap this up this, right here. Give me, give me your score predictions. Obviously, we know who you're going for. <laughs> going for a blowout? No, nah, I'm just playing. I think actually, it will be a draw. <laughs> I think it will be a draw because these are two. Uh, if you if you really look at what what both these teams have done this season, they're really similar. Like LAFC, I struggle to score. Austin FC, I struggle to score. So I can see it being a very back and forth game. Uh, I'm going to give Austin a little bit of the edge. Obviously, they're home. They're coming off that big win. Uh, Brad Stuber, their goalkeeper, has been pretty amazing in these past couple of games for them. But uh, they also lost John Gallagher, who scored that first goal at Q2. They lost him to a foot injury, which is a big loss for them. So LAFC could definitely get uh, some points here. I mean, one would be great if they got three. Then you're talking about two back-to-back uh, back-to-back wins on the road and a change in mentality. But I'll go I'll go with uh, – let me get a 2-2. Why not? 2-2. <laughs> JP, what are your thoughts on score predictions here? Um, I think it'll be like the Sounders' first game. I think they get an early goal, and then they just get tired and concede. So I say 1-1. 1-1. Cool. Well, guys, that's going to wrap the show. We went a lot longer than I thought. We had uh, internet connections here, but thank you guys for bearing with us, especially everybody in the chat. Francisco, uh, Isaiah, everybody that's been tuning in. And for you guys listening at home, join us Tuesday nights, uh, typically at 7 p.m., but we pushed it back because we want to watch Argentina versus Colombia play it was, a, it was a great game went all the way to penalties if you guys want to tune in jo- join us on the live we're on facebook youtube and twitter uh every, every tuesday night at, t- at 7 p.m so for andy andy let the people know where they can follow you yeah i'm at uh the biggest austin fc fan on twitter <laughs> my, my twitter my twitter is just my name is andy underscore diosa so at andy diosa and yeah i'll be there chopping up i'm back in la soon Gio. so when you guys see me yeah, at the bank, don't throw no things at me. I'll take the hat off. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, if you see Andy wearing any type of green, just, just go ahead and just knock knock that hat off his head. You want to know what's no, the fun thing you Green is my least favorite color in the world. Really? Uh, green is yeah. actually my favorite color. I, I like green. Uh, but uh, JP, let the people know where they can read your articles because you've been putting a lot of great work, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I uh, So Gio gives me the opportunity to write about LAFC. Um, I preview every game and recap every game and then sometimes have some some special articles that I uh, um, along the season. But yeah, JP underscore Marquez 20 on Twitter. That's where you can find me. I retweet all my articles. Um, if you're an LAFC fan, you know, read them before and after the games. And yeah, that's where you can find me. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely give uh, JP a follow and definitely read the articles, man. He, he definitely goes in depth, he's putting a lot of great work in, and he also gives his opinion on some of the pieces, which is which is great to see. So, guys, that's going to wrap this show. I'm going to leave it with this, uh, I guess, this photo. We'll leave it with this photo. <laughs> Andy just there. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. If I see any more people leaving the Texas, I'm going to send them over to Andy. I appreciate so guys, <laughs> So, we're just going to wrap. We're, we're going to have to wrap the show. So, for Andy and for JP, this is Jill. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.